Blog Talk Radio. which is where we are at, and you are out there, and you are listening to the best, the best uh, Saturday morning show that you can listen to, especially when it comes to sports. My name is Tom Mark Westell, Presidente. I'll guide you this ship. I'm your captain, and I'll guide you through this uh, murky waters of sports. We're on an hour today, and we'll see what happens. March is here. That's right. That's right. March Madness. Top 64 teams will begin. We'll begin to find out who will come, come out on top as next weekend March Madness begins, and we will have our bracket. So uh, make sure that if you want one, you uh, uh, direct messages at T Balance. Also, uh, NASCAR's wrapping up their West Coast swing, one of them anyway, in Phoenix at the Phoenix Raceway at the United Rentals Work. Un- 500 in the Xfinity Series United Riddles 200 at 4:30 today. We got Steve Wilson standing by in the Ballast Green Room, editor in chief of Speedway Digest. Well, <laughs> help us break down the action. That is provided that my throat stays intact. Tony Donahue for the Tony D Podcast, BurnoutSports.com, uh, will help us uh, with our March Madness special. <clears throat> the big dance is here, people. As usual, we'll we'll have the brackets available. Like I said, make sure you team. Uh, DM us at Twitter. My name is Tom Mark was El Presidente. Stick around. It's about to get good. 917-889-8516 is our digit. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! 
looks hungry! Save the children! Save them! Stay back! I've got me! Ow! They're one of my eyes! We're moving! It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been past their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Welcome back. Time to kick things off. We've got our engines fired up and ready for the green flag, which is getting ready to fly here at the Ballum Studios. Joining us now is uh, Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, our official NASCAR contributor. Happy Saturday to you, sir. Hey, how are you doing today? Good. Are you, are you, uh, are you keeping warm? It's cold here in Indianapolis. It is cold, at least for me. Right now, 37 degrees. Shouldn't be that cold at this time of March. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it shouldn't. But yeah, I think it's a it's a little chilly down this way too. So I think there's something, <laughs> something about potentially some snow at some point. Yeah, well, you know, I have a lot of colleagues up in New York City because I handle the Northeast area, and a lot of my team is in New York City in Boston and. Yeah, there's this big storm coming in their way, so we'll see what happens. Well, let's get things rolling. We've got some uh, breaking news, if you will, it happened yesterday. Uh, we uh, are talking about Jensen Button. Of course, everybody knows him from Formula One, but coming over to NASCAR. So what are your thoughts about that, sir? That seems to be some pretty good news. And it, this isn't the first time we've seen uh, F1 uh, uh, drivers come over to NASCAR, so what first of all what do you what do you think about that and then second of all what is it about nascar that attracts them you you would get you understand why it would with indycar but why nascar but well i'm you know you know we used to talk about all these drivers that used to come in and jump in cup cars for for drivers and at these road courses but you know now that we kind of have drivers that are more all around uh, in road courses and other tracks these days. We we don't get as much of that. So the only opportunities for some of these drivers to to come from other 
uh, disciplines such as <laughs> F1 and IndyCar, things like that, IMSA, etc., is to uh, partner with a team that um, you know doesn't have a full-time driver, or you know a, a team like Rick Ware, which is uh, partnering up with Stuart Haas Racing and Mobile to um, field this car for for Jensen. So, you know, I, I think it's always a good day that when we see these, you know, we got Kimmy Rackman coming in uh, later for uh, Trackhouse Racing this year, and um, you know, it's it, it's something that we're we're seeing a lot of drivers come into this and i think from my perspective the the um the next gen car in a lot of ways the concept of the car has has allowed um some of this uh, to some degree because uh these are these cars are now becoming more closely related to um you know from the cockpit level closer to IMSA, indycar formula one etc um that you know these these drivers are able to to adapt pretty quickly and not have to come in and um you know have a learning curve in a, in a lot of ways so i think uh you know there's the combination of of that the next gen car that you know just you know it's it's an easy concept to for them uh where they don't have you know just for for example h speed transmissions and things like that where they now have ratchet transmissions and things like that that any car and f1 et cetera all use um so you know i think it's a you know it's an exciting opportunity for these drivers to come in and you know now that nascar goes to some of these tracks that f1 runs on imsa runs on any car runs on et cetera that um you know it's also uh, an easy crossover for them It helps if I t- it helps if I turn my mic on. <laughs> I see that Zoom calls all the time. I put myself on mute, and then I just keep talking. I, I guess I was just asking again on button. You know, really, what are the details? What do we know about the details? What teams are going to be racing for? When's he start? Does he start this weekend? Uh, what's what's the details? <laughs> um, so he he's going to come in and run Coda in a couple of weeks, two weeks uh, for uh, Rick Ware Racing. The car is going to be prepared. Um, by Stuart Haas Racing and Ford are going to put the car together and uh, field it with with support from Rick Ware Racing. So look for him in a couple of weeks um, at, at Coda for the first one. And uh, I, I know that he'll be uh, coming back uh, later this year for a couple more races that they've uh, got planned for him uh, in, uh, in in NASCAR. Well, before we get on into the uh, Xfinity race that's happening today out in Phoenix, uh, NASCAR officials took a took the hood louvers uh, from Hendricks Motorsports uh, at Phoenix Raceway and the sanctioning body are going to bring them back to uh, to the Research and Development Center for further evaluation. There's not going to be any uh, penalties imposed for this uh, race at Phoenix, but there could be. Uh, during the initial inspection on Friday, league officials discovered a potential issue that leads <clears throat> that needs further examination. Uh, NASCAR.com says Hendrick's cars were permitted to use those logers in practice with the officials taking them after the opening session of the one-mile track. First of all, for the non-race uh, drivers, uh, fans that don't know everything about racing and know all the terms, uh, what's a hood louver, and why is NASCAR concerned 
uh, with Hendrick Motorsports and or other teams using them, you would think they they are. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, you know NASCAR has, has worked with various components in a car um, to to kind of uh, reduce some of the aero effects. Um, it, you know, and the aero dependency that these cars have uh, with one another. Or just you know in clean air and things like that. Um, they also use these louvers for as a way to um, you know uh, air, moving air in and out of um, different por- different points of the car um, to also produce or to um, do away with downforce uh, depending on the track that they're running on. Um, you know some of the stuff that they that we're talking that talking about this weekend nascar moved um to to a package that is going to reduce downforce uh on short tracks beginning this weekend uh with phoenix um about 30 30 odd percent or so so you know these components are 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 all meant to um to to try and do that to do exactly that and uh you know nascar um you know while these are all common components these are all components that uh, you know, come from a, a common manufacturer, and uh, you know, then then are placed on the car by by the teams. That you know, there is still some potential for manipulation, um, you know, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And you know, uh, NASCAR has looked at these components in the past and found components that weren't um, intentionally, uh, you know, manipulated by the teams. Um, and then you know, they make decisions later on you know as to what what really occurred is this something the team did this is a manufacturing defect um so we'll uh just have to wait to see on that but you know all the all the components here you know are just you know just just a way to move air in and out of in and out of the uh engine compartment uh try and deal a little bit with taking away some downforce things like that but also the hood louvers are um you know a way for um the air to move in and out to cool the radiator uh, down. So, um, you know, again, you know, there's there's some things in there that that teams may have the potential to uh, do a little bit with, but not much. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll see once it gets back to the R&D center whether this is uh, something they um, penalize them for next week or not. Let's get into the talk about the, today's Xfinity race out in Phoenix. Uh, obviously, uh, we we look at Josh Berry. Uh, Josh Berry filling in for Chase Elliott, uh, and I, I saw also where Jordan Taylor will be running in a few races in that car as well. Uh, good for him. Uh, so this is a good opportunity for drivers that, that typically didn't have the opportunity, had that opportunity. You know, I hope that Chase gets to feeling better. Uh, uh, what, what do we know? Do we know anything new about Chase himself as far as how much longer he'll be out or – um, yeah, and NASCAR, NASCAR, uh, and, and the teams are going to have to work together in this. Get medical clearance. Say that at minimum, maybe somewhere around six weeks or so. Uh, he did start, um, you know, uh, some. Um, <laughs> my mind just went blank. Uh, therapy, <laughs> uh, physical therapy. I was trying to think of the word for it. <laughs> physical therapy earlier this week. So uh, he uh, he's got a little bit of a road to go um, to get back to racing. He's got a, a titanium plate in his leg where they put it back together, and uh, it'll take uh, it'll take a little bit to heal this up. So we'll uh, have to wait and see, and uh, potentially at minimum somewhere around six weeks or so. 
Well, we'll see how that does and what a good opportunity this is for Josh Berry to shine. What did you think about him driving last week uh, um, out in Vegas uh, in the in, in Chase's car? Um, I know that I know that Josh uh, and that team kind of struggled a little bit, uh, being last minute trying to get him in that car, and it was his uh, first opportunity to be in an next-gen car. So uh, he, uh, you know, he he had to he had to kind of work around that a little bit, and I know they struggled and uh, got down a lap or two, and uh, were well down in the field, 29th, 29th, 30th, something like that, uh, at various parts of the day. Uh, recovered a little bit um and, and i think uh you know that's just a little bit of uh you know for him that's a little bit of a learning curve not not ever being in uh a next gen car or another car with the same con- concepts um uh, as the cockpit and things like that are concerned so i mean not that he hasn't probably talked to a lot of these guys being in the same uh realm shops and garages on the weekends but you know once you get in it's a kind of a little bit different, you know, if you've never been in something uh, uh, like these cars. So, um, I mean, he did well, uh, I think, as well as he could, you know, with uh, the the limited amount of time that he had to learn the car. And, uh, you know, this weekend at Phoenix is probably somewhere that you would potentially see him shine at because he's a short track racer and, you know, Phoenix races a lot like a short track. So, uh he always seems to do well in the in the Xfinity Series cars, and you know, putting him in the car this weekend at uh, Phoenix was probably the best bet uh, that they could uh, put together uh, with a package and a driver that you know is is used to racing these types of short tracks. So uh, I I look excuse me look forward to him uh, kind of progressing a little bit from where he was last week, and uh, yeah, uh, you've got uh, Jordan Taylor that will be in this car. Uh, a couple of weeks from now at Coda, and uh, Josh Berry will continue to be in this car uh, at Atlanta, and uh, then we'll see after Coda what what happens after that. Well, we'll see. Definitely keeping our eyes on on Chase Elliott. But moving on today, Chad Reynolds 200 at, at 4:30 Eastern uh, out in Phoenix. Talk with us a little bit about the Phoenix track. You, you just kind of alluded a little bit to it. It's a lot like a short track, uh, but tell us a little bit about what teams have to do to prepare to be successful. Uh, today in the Xfinity Series in Phoenix. Well, Phoenix, yeah, being a little bit uh, races a lot like a short track in, in some ways, but you know, you you got to be a daredevil also in that dog leg because you know they'll go out there and get five and six wide, you know, just past the start finish line, and it, you know you have a lot of potential out there to to be able to uh, make some passes in that area. So you just have to. Uh, you have to be a little bit of a daredevil in a lot of ways, conserve your tires. Um, not so much this time of year because the, the heat hasn't really started building up in that track at this point of the year. But, uh, you know, you, there is a lot of tire conser- conserving the tires just uh, uh, from the age of the asphalt out there. And, um, it, uh, it, it uh, you know, for drivers, you know, you, you, like I say, you know, going back to drivers like Josh Berry and others that um, – um, Justin Allgaier, uh, these, these are drivers that we're going to look for all all day today because Junior Motorsports seems to be really a powerhouse when it when it comes to this. But uh, I, I wouldn't count out Austin Hill. I mean, Austin Hill's won two races already this year for Richard Church Racing, uh, Daytona, and then again last week at Las Vegas. So that team seems to be figuring out the Xfinity Series really quick this season. So um, 
I know he uh, had a top 10 finish last year um, in the fall on like 15th, 17th or something like that in the spring. But, you know, it's still, uh, they, they seem to be right now the, the powerhouse team that we have to look for. We're talking with Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest. We're talking the uh, uh, Xfinity race. Let's, let's talk about some of the drivers that that we're looking at here in today's race. Uh, what what are your what are your thoughts on the Xfinity drivers today? Sorry, I lost my I lost my brain there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I I think I think we've got a you know a good crop of drivers out there. Um, you know don't 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 count. Like I said, you know I think you know we talked about Josh Berry, we talked about um, Justin Allgaier and uh, off the hill already, but. You know, Brandon Brandon Jones has has moved over to um, another team this year over at Junior Motorsports, and uh, I give him give him a uh, give him a little bit of recognition too. You know, those they're trying to turn this team around and be a lot. Of, uh, you know, trying to pick up where Noah Gregson was last year with his nine wins or so, um, and, and and you know he's got he's got a lot he's got a lot riding on his shoulders in a lot of ways, but you know. Um, you know he's he's one out there too. I mean he he won out there during the pandemic uh, when when nobody could be out there and um, you know he he also has a couple top fives and top top ten finishes out there. So uh, look for them. Uh, you know Brandon Jones to have a really good day out there too. And uh, oh and then you know Carson Hosford. Uh, you know Carson Hosford for he's uh he's uh gonna be uh, talking about him. I know we we'll change gears just a little bit uh, on Xfinity. Um, or truck drivers, truck drivers, um, you know, because Carson Hosbar is going to make his uh, uh, Xfinity Series debut here in a couple weeks, too. So, uh, uh, you know, it's, all, it's always exciting when drivers start to move up in their career and um, look forward to him in the next couple weeks, too. Let's talk a little bit about Chandler Smith. I mean, you know, he's got to be a little bit like, oh, not again. You know, he had his uh, his third uh, third touch. Ah, with a, he had a third place uh, finish out in Vegas, uh, you know, at the white flag. Chandler Smith got tight and was passed by Austin Hill. And, you know, after a fantastic day at Las Vegas, uh, Smith finished third. Very disappointing for him. Uh, what do you look for him uh, this weekend in Phoenix? Yeah, well, that's why Chandler Smith seemed to be the car, car to beat uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, he had he had a lot of um, speed early on in the runs, and I know that first run out there in Vegas, uh, he kind of had the same issue where the car got tightened up and he dropped back to about fifth or seventh, something like that. Uh, but then, you know, they fixed the car up and got back out there. He was leading the majority of the race and uh, battling out there with, uh, you know, uh, uh, around that you know top one two uh midpoint and yeah he uh yeah unfortunately for him his tire i mean the car just went away again and that allowed uh uh austin hill to get that second win last last week um i think he's got a, he's got a lot to um kind of recover back from and you know for him it was disappointing but you know in a new week at phoenix uh give him the opportunity to get back out there and maybe do something uh with this car this week Brandon Jones, what are your thoughts about him and his transition into JR Motorsports? Um, I mean he's uh, I mean he's 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 got a lot. Like I said, I, I think I mentioned this. He's got a lot riding on him now that he's taking over for Noah Gregson and those guys that had uh, 
uh, won like nine races last year or something like that. Um, and he has one out there. So uh, look for him to be really strong throughout the day. Um, I think, yeah, he won 2020 out there uh, for, for, for JGR. I mean, at that time he was at, with JGR, but he also has three top five finishes. So uh, give him uh, um, uh, and then I think that last year, uh, yeah, in the spring of last year, uh, he finished uh, he finished second last year in the spring race last year. So um, he's got a lot of he's got a lot uh, behind him uh, out here at Phoenix, and I think uh, he'll have a good day. Well, we'll we'll certainly uh, see what happens. So let's get your pick for the Xfinity race before we go on over here to the Cup Series. Um, I'm going with Justin Allgaier. Justin Allgaier. We got you down here for Justin Allgaier. All right, let's go ahead and move on over to the Cup Series. Uh, Let's talk a little bit again about what the teams are dealing with in, in of course, the qualifying for Sunday's race is today. I believe it's scheduled for around uh, 2 o'clock, and, and that would be after the practice of the Xfinity race, I, I guess, what have you. What are, what are some of the teams that we're looking at inside of the, uh, uh, the, the NASCAR race, the cup race, sorry? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, th- I think Kyle Busch right now is somebody that we've seen come over to RCR this year. He's already won out at Auto Club Speedway, um, but you know, he's he's got four poles out there uh, with his most recent out there about uh, about three years ago or something like that. Um, I mean, he's he's you know he's also won three times out there over the last uh, you know couple of years. Um, you know, he's been really strong. I think for RCR as a whole, the organization is getting a whole lot better. And I see we're, we are already seeing that kind of, uh, translate over with Kyle Busch too. Uh, he, he was running good out at the Coliseum before he got tied up. He was running and, and leading well at Daytona, um, before he got tied up into something. And then, you know, he comes back and, uh, you know, at the auto club wins the first, first race and, uh, already for RCR in that new car. So, um, I, 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 you know, we're, we're looking a lot at him right now just because of, uh, you know, how we're already seeing a, a massive turnaround in that team and on the cup series side in particular, um, something that they've kind of been lackluster over the last, uh, you know, nearly a decade or so. And they've kind of faded away from that prominence, but, you know, Cobblish seems to be making changes over there already and, and and even Austin Dillon seems to be running better too because you know Austin Austin was ru- running right there with um with uh, Kyle Busch at the Coliseum uh, Austin was running really well at Daytona you know before they all got tied up into this stuff so um you know he's somebody we're looking at too but you know Kevin Harvick is uh, is a driver he's won out there nine times um you know as a driver as, as an active driver and this guy. It has been somebody that we've seen um, before it became the championship race where it was, um, you know, the week prior before the championship and Kevin Harvick needed to either win and get in. He knows how to do that. So he's a number, he's somebody else we're looking at. Too. Well, let's uh, also keep an eye on uh, uh, Blaney. You know, he was second second fastest in practice uh, on in Friday's practice session. What are your thoughts about Ryan Blaney? Uh, tomorrow in, in Phoenix. Somebody, you said, I'm, I'm sorry, you dropped out. Uh, Ryan Blaney. What are your thoughts on Ryan Blaney? Uh, he was second fastest in practice on Friday. 
Oh yeah, I mean you know Ryan Bennett last year had a pole in this race, so I mean you know he's he's going to be definitely I think somebody we're going to look at. He, he's very fast, and I think he's got three poles out there on top uh, all together uh, at Phoenix. Uh, but yeah, he in this race last year, I mean he he had the pole, so I mean look for him to be exceptionally fast and know how to get around this place. And of course, you know you got to look at Kyle Larson at, at tomorrow in tomorrow's race as well. You always got to keep your eyes on Kyle Larson, but certainly he was on the top of the charts. And you know you talk about the the, the lightness to short track. That's uh, that's his wheelhouse as well. So Kyle Larson, what are your thoughts? Um, well, just two years ago, Kyle Larson was not only on the ball, but he won the race. So I mean, he's you know, just he. This is a, this is a guy that likes to get way out there by the wall. There's a lot of room out there for him to get by that wall. And, uh, you know, not only sitting on the pole, being fastest in uh, practice, but uh, winning this race altogether. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, he's uh, somebody uh, – we, we always have to look at Kyle Larson at these races. We we really do. And, uh, you know, especially races, like I said, that you can get out there by that wall and kind of hug that wall a little bit. And he seems to – he seems to figure some of this stuff out. Ross Chastain. You know, is is certainly doing well over there at Trackhouse. What are your thoughts with him? Uh, Ross Chastain. You 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 go back to last year, and uh, Ross was this this was a new team for them, and, and Trackhouse as an organization was was uh, you know very new, and, and Ross Chastain was the first driver to really get a win for them uh, in, in as a, as an organization. He did it at Coda last year, but he's only continuously improved. I mean, he finished second in this race in the fall. Um, so, you know, he followed Joey Logano uh, in the fall race. Uh, he was very close, very closing in on Logano in the final few laps, um, you know, to finish second. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, see where he rolls in, where he uh, qualifies at, but I think that you know, um, you know, if it, if it's indicative of what he was able to do in the fall, um, keep up with Joey Logano, close in on the final few laps, uh, to still and finish second. Um, I mean, again, I, I you're, he's going to be strong all day long. Been talking with Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest, editor in chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, our official NASCAR contributor, uh, breaking down the race in Phoenix. Uh, Steve, who's your official DraftKings pick uh, for the uh, NASCAR race? Uh, I'm going with Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick. We got you down for Kevin Harvick. Uh, Steve, where can people find your work in Masterpieces, sir? He follows at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. All right, Steve, we appreciate you. Have yourself a good race weekend, sir. All right. Thanks. Bye. See you next week. Uh-huh. Steve Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of Speedway Digest. Uh SpeedwayDigest.com and our official NASCAR contributor joins us to break down Phoenix. We'll be right back right around the corner. We're going to get into some March Madness with Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSports.com right around the corner.
don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your move. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like, early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm laughing. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Right. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. No, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com and our official NASCAR contributor, breaking down the action in Phoenix this week. Well, it is here. March is here. Can we say it louder to, to those in the back? Hello! March Madness is here. The top 64 teams will begin to emerge into the brackets as 
Selection Sunday uh, is is rapidly approaching, and then of course uh, next weekend, next Thursday, just coming up Thursday, is uh, when everything gets going, and we are ready to rock and roll. Ready, I tell you. Let's do this, people. We're standing by for Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSports.com. He's going to be joining us and helping us break down the March Madness specials and uh, the big dances here. And also, we do have our uh, brackets available if you just go over to the Twitter world and, and make sure you follow us while you're there at T-Balance. But uh, send us a direct message say, hey, give me one of those them there brackets you're talking about. <laughs> Get it done for you. It's not easy. It's free. It's just for bragging rights. Now, I know there's a lot of gambling going on. I'm guilty as charged. Uh, so, but this one is free. You can you can do this one. Be rest assured you're not going to lose any money. It's just for bragging rights. That's at T-Balance. You can also follow us on the book of faces, The Balance. And if you're listening to us on the podcast right now, uh, thank you, first of all. Uh, but go ahead and hit subscribe on the on the on the uh, app on the on the podcast there and so that we know how awesome you are we already know how awesome we are and let's let's get that going we're going to be talking some March Madness here in more detail uh standing by for uh Tony Donahue uh to to try to get this broke down but let's just uh kind of talk through some things here until uh we're able to get him on the line here uh Purdue Boilermakers that you know we, we well being an IU guy myself you know, we I, I, I pay special attention to Purdue anyway. One, because they're my rivals among all rivals. It's been interesting to see uh, Purdue and what they've been able to do and not do. Actually, it might be the 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 better word for it. Um, I, I don't think any team in the NCAA tournament has a big man like Zach Eady. You know, seven foot four. My God. Um, finished with six, uh, 16 points, 11 rebounds during Friday's Big Ten tournament, uh, went over Rutgers. And the, the Big Ten Player of the Year uh, is averaging 21.9 points and 12.8 rebounds this season. Not only is he an, an enforcer, if you will, uh, in, inside the painted area, uh, but Evie's skills improved much as a player. There's a reason this Boilermaker squad is, is the Big Ten's top title threat in March. Now, I say that, I've also seen them fall apart against the Indiana Hoosiers twice. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm an Indiana guy, and I'm glad to see that they are finally back in the tournament. Let's see what they do, okay? Uh, Because IU has has a tendency to uh, fall apart themselves. And uh, But I've seen Purdue lose games that on paper and logically speaking they should have won and and, you know maybe I'm paying more attention to that because it's Purdue I don't know that they're going to get a number one seed to be honest with you I mean they're still in contention for that Um, but I think this is just me I think the losses to Indiana Hurt their case. Let's talk about UCLA Bruins. We talk about UCLA in March, don't we? Do we ever talk about UCLA other than March? Maybe a little bit of football. Of course, you know, 
you know, being a West Coast team and me being here in Midwest, Indianapolis, uh, you know, I don't get to, I don't stay up just late to watch some of those games. So maybe that's part of it. But with UCLA's Jalen Clark out for the rest of the season with that and uh, Achilles heel injury, what the Bruins have to do is they have to overcome the most brutal blow in in hopes of a of a deep run in the NCAA tournament. And one of those top defenders in college basketball, Clark's absence means that more players have to step up as a result. Next man up, right? UCLA battles Arizona Saturday night in the Pac-12 tournament and rides a 13, that's tonight, rides a 13-game winning streak. Uh, so Mick Crone's team is elite, but does drop down a small notch without Clark. I mean, I would think that that would be huge. Now, I don't know if, how much bearing that will come into the selection process on Selection Sunday, but um, it's got to it's got to have a bearing on the team. So you will see tonight. We'll see tonight against Arizona because I think this that'll give us a, a telltale look or a good look into. Um, What's going on with UCLA? You know, we're still keeping our eyes on them, but let's move on to Houston. Uh, Houston, the Houston Cougars. Good old Calvin Sampson. Well, we could tell some stories about him, couldn't we? <laughs> I remember, and I know I'm showing my age here, but I remember, I believe he coached uh, down at UCA, USI. Uh, during his now, Tony Donahue of the Tony D podcast. Uh, and burnoutsports.com. Tony, how are you, sir? Hey, good. Sorry I couldn't find your number. It's buried deep in text messages, so I apologize. <laughs> oh, well, you should have just texted me the number. It's no big deal. It's all it's all, it's all, all good. I was just kind of running through some – we're getting ready to talk some March Madness. Obviously, it's Selection Sunday coming up soon, and then, of course, the games begin next week on Thursday. Uh, let You know – uh, first of all, maybe you can answer this bit of um, brain quandary. Did Kelvin Sampson used to coach at USI? I don't think so. I think you are thinking of – hold on here. I, I can see his face. <laughs> Bruce Pearl. That's right. Okay. They kind of look alike, sort of. Not really doppelgangers, but they kind of look alike. So I, I'll go back a little bit. Pearl I and, just, I, and Bruce Pearl, Bruce Pearl won a national championship at USI with the Screaming Eagles, and then went on to coach Tennessee, and then ESPN, and then and then Auburn. There you go. Tony Wikia. Tony Wikia. <laughs> Let's talk about Purdue. Are they going to get the number one slot or not? I mean, they got they got Zach Eady. I mean, he's a giant. Uh, but, I mean, I, I was just talking that it seems like they lost games they should have won. Now, I'm not complaining because – they lost to IU, but I'm saying I think that might come into some consideration if them getting a number one seed. Is Purdue going to get that number one seed? You know, I think what comes into consideration the most for Purdue and that number one seed is the fact that they played the bottom part of the Big Ten. Like the, the teams that they played twice this year in, in their side of the, of the Big Ten, you know, that bottom half is, is the worst half in the Big Ten. So they don't have that great of a strength of schedule, I guess, when it comes to conference play. Um, I think they'll end up with the number one seed. I think it's down between them and UCLA. I don't know if the Pac-12 is as good as UCLA 
or as as Big Ten is. Look, we'll find out today, okay? Because you've got mm-hmm. Penn State hot. Penn State is a hot team. They are in the tournament. Northwestern in the tournament. Ohio State gets Purdue. Ohio State's been hot. Um, so I think that I think the Big Ten has earned Purdue a number one seed. I think it'll be Kansas. I think it'll be Purdue. I think it'll be Alabama, and I think it'll be Houston on your one line. And I don't disagree with any of that at all. You know, you mentioned UCLA. Jalen Clark, how, how big of an impact is that going to have on them, especially going deep into the yeah. tournament? Yeah, best defender that they have, third third leading score. That's going to that's going to affect them a lot, you know. And 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 UCLA made a run, you know, a couple of years ago. If you remember when the NCAA tournament was here. I'm not trusting the Pac-12 this year. The Pac-12 to me is a complete fade. Um, the Pac-12 to me is not a great conference. USC a little bit overrated. They're going to get an 11 seed. Um, you know, I, Arizona's okay, but they always seem to fade. So the uh, the Pac-12 is a complete fade for me. A team's going to the Final Four, and and I would be surprised if they even got teams to the Elite Eight. Let's talk about Houston Cougars, where we were just talking about Kelvin Sampson. He's won 12 straight games entering Saturday's contest in Cincinnati. Uh, you would think that they're, they're a team to look at to go deeper to the, uh, the tournament. Who did, you, oh, who, who did you mention, Houston? The Cougars. Uh, Houston Cougars, sorry. Yeah, here's the thing with Houston, too. It's the same question that we have every year. They went to the Final Four years ago. They got to the Elite Eight last year. They're just not as battle-tested. I mean, they're, they're a great team. Marcus Sasser is really good. Chaney plays well. Chaney's came back. He's a great rebounder. They kind of they kind of stumbled out of the gates against East Carolina yesterday. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when they get tested. Are they going to get tested by teams that are better than them, possibly that are on that 8-9 seed that are coming out of a, a Big Ten or an SEC or an ACC? So Houston's going to have a lot of work to do. I think they're a sweet 16 team, but they're going to – they're going to have some trouble once they get once they get deeper in the tournament. Well, as we always like to do uh, here in March, when you get in and uh, lose, you may or may not get in. Uh, there, there are a lot of teams that we like to call on bubble watch. So let's talk about Rutgers. Uh, you know, we we saw Rutgers um, lose to Purdue in the Big Ten tournament, but they've got a strong they've got a strong team. I, I would consider them a a, a uh, a bubble team to get into the uh, to the uh, tournament. What are your thoughts? I got Rutgers in. I've got Rutgers in on Tuesday night playing in a play-in game in the 11 seed. Rutgers is good. Good strength of schedule. Um, they've got some pretty good wins if you look at if you look at their resume. I think that they are in as a play-in. We'll see them on Tuesday or Wednesday night playing in Dayton. Uh, and I'm going to mess up his name, but Mawat Mag uh, is is he kind of the goat for Rutgers? Yeah, I mean they've got some really good players. They spread it out nicely. Um, that's a team too that can that can be dangerous. You know, we talk about um, we talk about teams that there's going to be a team Tom that plays Tuesday or Wednesday night in that opening round. You know, the the quote unquote play-ins. That's going to get hot and win a game or two, and, and possibly get out of that first weekend of the of the tournament. So that could be a Rutgers um, coming up on Tuesday night if they can win. They get in on that eleven line. They're playing against you know a number four seed that maybe looks looks past them, or excuse me, number six seed that maybe looks past them. Um, you could see Rutgers maybe making a little bit of a run as well. You know what about the Arizona Sun Devils? Uh, they got uh, they had that massive win at Arizona. 
uh, but then they were swept by UCLA and USC, and I think they have uh, UCLA again today in the uh, Pac-12 tournament. But Arizona State, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Arizona State got eliminated last night, losing to Arizona in the semifinal of the Pac-12 championship tournament. Um, they got blown out. I think that's all, but ends their chances. If they would have, they if they would have played Arizona tough, it kind of tested them a little bit, um, maybe. But again, I think the Pac-12 is so down that um, getting blown out last night to Arizona really just eliminated their chances. I could, I could, I, I just see them on the outside looking in heading out to the NIT. I mean, it's, they're, I think they're the, they're the team that is massively right there on the bubble, so we'll see. And, you know, another team right that just like that is Michigan, the Wolverines. We don't typically talk about them being on the bubble, but we sure are this year. Yeah, Michigan. I mean, look, this is a, this is a Michigan squad that has had opportunities, right? This is a squad that has had opportunities to, to make hay, to, to move forward, to win basketball games, but – you know, when you're when you're three and eleven against quad one, um, you know that's that's tough. Your strength of schedule is 141st. That's not awful. Um, with a net ranking of 54, but at 11 and nine in the Big Ten and 17 and 15 overall, the non-conference just wasn't there. Um, you know, you lose that Arizona. They had a nice non-conference win against. <laughs> against Pittsburgh, but they lost to Virginia. They lost to Kentucky. Um, and you look at some, you know, you, you say, what's their best win? And I really can't tell you what it is, maybe against Northwestern, but they just, I don't think they've done enough for me to say yes, they're inside of the NCAA tournament. How dominant is the Big 12 in, in uh, the tournament this year? How dominant do you think they will be? you got Kansas, you got Baylor, all in that in that mix there. Kansas is the best college basketball team right now by far. Jalen Wilson is an absolute stud. Grady Dick is a freshman, going to be a top ten pick in, in the NBA draft. Kansas can be so many ways. And, 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 and it's your typical Kansas team that it may be, you know, twenty five to twenty two in the second in the first half and they just start scoring. This team goes on the most ten oh, twelve oh runs that I've seen. You know, will Bill Self be back? He's sick for the Big 12 tournament and missing that. So that could be a key factor. Missouri's a pretty good team. They're going to be a fifth or a sixth seed. Iowa State's a decent team. Kansas State's going to be a three-team pretty good. Um, you know, we will see what Baylor can do. Baylor had an, had an early exit from the tournament. Texas is really good. Texas-Kansas later on today is going to be a great game. Texas is going to be a two-seed. Um, and don't forget West Virginia as well. West Virginia is going to be that 8-9 team that um, in the tournament that loves to play defense, and you can never count out um, a coach hugging squad. So, yeah, the Big 12, we could see two teams in the Final Four easily. Well, and here's another team that, we're seeing that we've never seen as a number one seed anyway, and that's Alabama. And we, we always talk about Alabama when it comes to football, but I can't remember the last time we talked about them in March Madness. I mean, they've got a very talented roster. A lot of people think that them and Kansas will be the two number one seeds to move on to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. Uh, what do you think about Alabama? You know, here's one thing about Alabama is how much, would, you know, you can kind of brush under the rug, I guess, with the situations going on with the shooting and 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 the player that, that, that handed the gun. But once you get to the right. tournament. That, That's a whole other story, that, right? This is going to keep coming back. It's going to keep coming back, keep coming back. Um, how much is that a distraction? Can you eliminate that distraction is a question that that is still yet to be answered. So um, 
we'll see. I don't know. Um, I don't trust the SEC. You know, I haven't really been too impressed with the SEC this year. Um, we'll see what happens. But um, that, you know, God, Tom, that can still be a distraction, right? We know that can still be a distraction, and uh, we'll, we shall see what happens. You know, that's an ele- we talked a little bit about it last week. That's an elephant in the room that is going to be there. But I, 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 I'm going to digress for just a minute. But what level of stupidity? If you're a scholarship basketball player, do you have to be at to get yourself in that kind of a mess? First of all, it could have all, you know, combination of gun changing hands and this. It could have all changed when you get, if you get a text, let's just, you're my friend. If I text you and we've been hanging out, I say, hey, bring me my gun. Are you going to say, hey, I'll be right over. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get it over to you. No, you're going to say, Dude, let things calm down. Get your gun later. At what level of stupidity yeah. do you have to be to get yourself in that situation? Yeah, I mean, in, in, in you just never know, right? We weren't there. We don't know exactly what happened. But, you know, it, it, when you're in a college basketball program, and I know this because I've been inside, I've seen it's a tight, it's a tight-knit group. It's a family. You're supposed to stay connected. You're supposed to be sure. there for one another. It's a brotherhood. So, yeah, if you call me, I'm gonna say, wait a minute, what's the problem? What's going on here? What's the deal? Let's we we can go get help. We can go to a campus police, or we can go to you know Birmingham police, right. or we can or Tuscaloosa police. We we can figure something out. Why why do you need this? What's going on? Um, and exactly. but sometimes, but sometimes the way that somebody grew up and the way that they were raised to to have to protect yourself and you don't know any better. It's hard to it's hard to let go of that. I think that's what happened. Well, we'll, we'll let that that story play out, and not to to be a, a distraction on March Madness for us anyway. South Carolina, though, uh, once again one of the most dominant teams in either both men or women, if you look at it that way, uh, can be found in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, but uh, man, the South Carolina Gamecocks, they're the real deal. What are your thoughts? So where, if, if I'm filling out my bracket early, not knowing where they're going to be at. Uh, do do I uh, rely on South Carolina? Talk about on the women's side. I mean, women or men, for that matter. But yeah, the women is what I was particularly referring to. Yeah, the men. I mean, they're under five hundred. They they don't have a chance to make the tournament. Um, you know, and the women seem to be dominant. I mean, it's like every time you turn on the TV and they're talking women's soups, they're talking uh, they're talking South Carolina. Uh, you know, undefeated. Um, you know, kind of blowing everybody out. So, yeah, I mean, if you're looking to fill out your women's bracket, uh, South Carolina is usually the juicy choice. I mean, on the men's side, they're, I think they're like 10 and 22. They're, they're, they're out of it. They're done for the season. No, no extracurricular activity. So we'll see what they can do next year. Every year there's that team that is called the Cinderella team. Who's it going to be this year? You know, it all – it all depends on how it plays out, right? Like, where are you on the seed line? What happens? Um, but if you're looking for two, I'll give you two teams that I think um, have a chance to win win games next week. The first one is Oral Roberts, so the leading scoring team in the country. Mm-hmm. Remember, two years ago they went to the Sweet 16 here in Indianapolis. Uh, they bring back a lot of those same players. Those players back then were sophomores. I think they've got a chance to make a little bit of a run. And this team's projected to play IU early on, but you don't want to play the Louisiana Lafayette agents. This is a team that's very athletic. They are fast. They move the tempo. 
Um, you know, they weren't favorites to win the the Sun Belt. They were they were third. They're twenty six and seven overall. Um, they ran through their conference tournament with wins over South Alabama, Texas State, and Georgia Southern, which I understand were the seventh, eleventh, and eighth seeds. Um, but yeah, I, I think Louisiana is a team that um, you want to watch out for. They've got a lot of guys that can score. They've got three players that score in double digits. Um, they, they can beat you on the defensive end. Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns are a team that I think next Saturday we could be talking about won a game in the NCAA tournament to open things up. Selection Sunday, one day, six hours, two minutes, and 40 seconds away. Uh, where does IU land? What seed did they land at? Yeah, I think IU's a four. Now, will they end up getting a 13 in Louisiana? That'll be yet to be determined. I mean, that could certainly happen, but um, I think IU's on that four line. It depends on how the rest of the tournament stacks up, right? Because the selection committee is going to say, okay, we got we got a bunch of games today, a few tomorrow. Who's playing? Who's hot? If they were to if they were to win the Big Ten tournament, they could move up to a three seed. Um, I could see them moving up and, and replacing a Kansas State or a Baylor on that three line. Um, but more than likely, if they don't win the Big Ten, they'll be a four seed. And then it just depends on where it stacks up, right, because they don't want Big Ten teams playing Big Ten teams too early on in the tournament and so on and so forth. So they could get an Iona that's coached by Rick Pitino. That's a really good squad. Maybe they get a Toledo team that's coming out of the MAC. That's decent. Uh, and maybe they get a Yale team that's going to play here in about 20 minutes um, for their conference mm-hmm. tournament. So I'll give them a four seed. Uh, I, I, I think it's safe to say that they can certainly be a four seed. Well, we're pretty much assured that Houston, UCLA, Kansas – uh, we'll get the, the number one seed for sure. And, uh, up for debate or the battle of, uh, of it would be between Purdue and Alabama. Which one of those two get the number one seed? Uh, I think Alabama's your number one overall, followed by Kansas, followed by Houston, followed by Purdue. I think those are your top four seeds. I think UCLA is going to fall to a two seed. That just shows the Pac-12. That just shows what the Pac-12 is. Um, not as good as not as good as what everybody's saying that they are. So um be interested to see what happens there. But yeah, I, I think I think if Purdue wins the Big Ten tournament, um it fall they, they'll they'll be sure to lock themselves into a one seed. Tony Donahue with the Tony D podcast and burnoutsports.com. Put on your racing hat real quickly. Who wins it in uh, Phoenix this weekend in the Xfinity and the uh, uh Cup series? You know, for Xfinity, I'll go with a guy who got a little cup experience last week, Josh Berry, filling in for um, Chase Elliott. I, I, I think Josh Berry gets it done on the short track. And then tomorrow, you know, Chase Elliott's normally my pick at Phoenix, but I think Kyle Larson gets it done. Larson finished second last week. It was a great weekend for Hendrick Motorsports um, down in, I believe, they were in Vegas last week. So um, I think this week we are going to see uh, first win of the season for Kyle Larson. Tony, we appreciate you, man. I, we, we look forward to you playing in our March Madness bracket, and I know you'll have a few to get over to me as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll make that happen this week, sir. We'll see you this week, Tom. Have a great one. All right, buddy. We'll see you. Have a good day. Tony Donahue with the Tony D Podcast joins us, helping us break down our March Madness as we begin to fill out our brackets. Selection Sunday is just one day away. Tomorrow, people. It happens. It's going to happen. All right. I won't sing. I promise you. But, uh, remember that you follow us on the Twitter. Just hit subscribe so that we know you're there, how awesome you are, because we know how awesome we are. 
Uh, and follow us on the Book of Faces. Just search the balance, and we're right there. You can find us anywhere you find your podcasts. And I do mean anywhere. Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast at, or even right here on Blogcast, or our website. Check it out on our website. It's right there, www.balancedsportscast.com. We got it for you. It is it is happening. If it's happening in sports, we, we got you covered. We got you covered. Don't, don't worry about that. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. I'm out of here. Don't drink and drive. I didn't cool. Deuces. Maybe I'm blind Thinking I can see through this And see what's behind Got no way to prove it So maybe I'm lying But I'm only human after all I'm only human after all Don't put your blame on me Don't put your blame on me Take a look in the mirror And what do you see? You see it clearer, or are you deceived in what you believe? Cause I'm only human after all, and you're only human after all. Don't put the blame on me, don't put your blame on me. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.